apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Russell, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And it is it has happened, and it looks like it is going to happen for good. As Tom Brady today on on Instagram, he has announced his retirement from the NFL. We know he did last year, but I think this year it it, it is it looks like it is real. And and uh, if this is if this is the end, this is the end to an outstanding career, seven time Super Bowl champion, uh, multiple Pro Bowls, multiple All Pro honors, uh, probably the, uh, the clearly the best quarterback to ever play this game. In my opinion, the greatest, and we'll get to it, the greatest player in the history of the NFL. I mean, the guy was just flat out amazing. Ever since he took over for Drew Bledsoe, he led the Patriots to six Super Bowls, nine, six Super Bowl championships and nine Super Bowls. And then he went to Tampa, and uh, he he, uh, he then won a Super Bowl there, had a great year the next year, too. And then this year wasn't his best year. And uh, I, I and and after and after this year he ended up after and after that he ended up he ends up calling it quits. But still, a absolutely phenomenal year for for phenomenal career for Tom Brady. Uh, and uh, and I think it was but but for him at this point, I think it was time for him. I think it was time for him to hang it up. I think this was the worst year he had since the 20, 2002 season. He still is good, but he hasn't. He he was not elite this year. He was not elite. I think that was the big difference of this season versus uh versus uh 
the, 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 the I think the 20 years previous to this year that he wasn't really an elite quarterback this year. And I think, you know, there were options of him playing in San, in, in, in San Fran playing, you know, maybe for, maybe for the rival or his old rival, the Miami dolphins, but seeing that he could be away from his family and his kid or, or playing in Vegas with Josh McDaniels, but seeing that he's probably that, that playing in Vegas and playing in San Francisco, that he'd be away from his, his, his kids for pretty much seven months. I don't think he wanted to do that. So he made the decision to retire. And Justin, you, he was one of your favorite, you probably your favorite player, probably your favorite NFL player of all time. What are your thoughts on what happened today? Yeah. Um, you know, not totally shocked, but I guess I am a little bit. You know, I know it's been a tough year for him on and off the field. Um, with all the, like the family stuff, I thought maybe part of the divorce, you know, was he was now going to kind of keep playing until he was fifty and try to hit that mark. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think this year took a big toll on him, and I think you could kind of see that. Um, and yeah, and I, I think he's somebody too that he yeah maybe took a little bit of a sec- step back this year. Um, but he was still probably better than, you know, a little bit over half the other NFL quarterbacks out there still. Um, but yeah, he's a guy, yeah, he, he's just not that legal level anymore. And I don't think he wanted to kind of, you know, can you see also, yeah, being away from his family. But yeah, he was awesome. You know, again, he's got seven Super Bowls. You know, although the dynasty that him, Bill, and the rest of the Patriots, you know, that run that they had in the AFC East for 20 years is, again, that, that's something that's, you know, never going to be touched. Um, he was unbelievable again in the clutch. Again, every time he had the ball down late in the game, you had a really good feeling you were going to come back and win that game with him. Um, you know, he's just such an unbelievable quarterback. Again, and the thing was, he, you know, he does not, he didn't have any of the gifts that you've seen from, again, like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Holmes or Josh Allen. Like he all, he gained that by work, by, by his worth at work ethic. And I think that that's a big thing. And, you, you know, everyone's kind of seen like the, the draft um, report on him, you know, for the pages took him, you know, he, he's worked on everything. And again, he just kind of continued to go out there, work on it again, you know, you know, get, being benched when he was still at Michigan, you know, he, he really, um he made sure that that was never going to happen again when he, when, um you know, he got a job back. He, he was never going to lose his starting job again. And um, the worth ethic that he put in, I just think, too, because of how hard he worked, I just think he's just I, – I think at a point, too, he's probably just drained. It's 23 years. Again, the longevity. Again, he's been healthy pretty much his entire career. You know, besides, you know, again, the one year where he lost, you know, towards ACL. But, yeah, again, it's been a remarkable career. And, yeah, he, he's definitely the um, best quarterback, best um, NFL player of all time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you talked about the work ethic and, uh, the work ethic was second to none because he was able to play so well into his forties. Like you remember Belichick after the third 2013 season, which was the fact his numbers weren't that good. was clearly not his fault. It was, it was on you know, the organization for not giving him what he needed, but having like Kembrell Tompkins, it's Julian, it was Julian Edelman's first year and Kembrell Tompkins, one of his best receivers. But you know, Belichick thought he, you know, his best days were starting to were, were behind him and he goes out and drafts Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. And then he completely proved Bill wrong because then he ends up winning four Super Bowls after that. So, yeah, the work ethic, the way he was able to play late into his 40s is unbelievable. His work ethic is better than any I've ever seen in sport. His competitiveness and his work ethic, I think, is better than I've ever seen from any athlete ever. I think he was better than Michael Jordan making his teammates better around him. And I think he was better than LeBron James at uh, 
his competitiveness, I think, was a little bit better than no, I'm not saying LeBron's not competitive, but I think his competitiveness was a little bit was, was better than LeBron's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, as you mentioned, he, again, he made so many below average wide receivers look decent to average, you know, to you know, and yeah, you know, that that was something that he's been able to do his whole career. And yeah, the worth ethic, you know, his yeah, his competitive. He didn't again, you know, during you know, there's times he they're up big, but he still has that ball in the fourth quarter. You know, he's not letting the back go in there. You know, like I, you know, there's a part of him that, you know, he's a, you know, that he never wanted to lose his job and he wanted to take every snap that, you know, that he possibly could. And he was not letting anybody else do that. If, you know, um, if possible. So yeah, his competitiveness again, he just, he wanted to win again. Yeah. This was, you know, worst season in, in 20 years i know they still found a way to get the playoffs they were under 500 but yeah like again he went to a tampa team that had some had some good talent again you know it was kind of the you know winston again the interceptions were the you know the turnovers were a big problem there you know he and the franchise that really hasn't done well in the last like 15 20 years and he he took over and let him immediately do a super bowl you know he just he found a way to win um he made everybody better. Yeah, he's he's the best competitor of all time. Oh yeah, and, and and now now the quarterback thing is obvious. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no question about that. I don't want to hear an argument about that. He's the, he's the best quarterback of all time. The big question is 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 he the greatest NFL player of all time? And honestly, I'm gonna say yes because there's I have to say it when he was back back when obviously back when he was with the Patriots, even when he was with the Bucks, no player meant more to his team than Tom Brady did. You, the Patriots, how many Super Bowls do the Patriots have without Tom Brady? Zero. Look at the Patriots the last three years without Tom Brady. They ha- they haven't won a playoff game. They, they, they got to the playoffs once and lost by 30 points. And you look at the Buccaneers before he, he got there. They hadn't won a playoff game in 18 years. They hadn't been to the playoffs in 13 years. So knowing how important he is, I, I'm going to say, I, I, I hate saying this as a Giants fan, I'd take him over Lawrence Taylor. I mean, I'd take you, you definitely take him over any any quarterback. I, I, I'd take him over Jerry Rice. I take I take him over, you know. I, I I'll, I'll take him over anyone. I, re, I really will. I'll take Brady over any player in the NFL. It's seven when you win seven championships and you're a big reason why you won, why you and you were a big part of all those championship teams. You're 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 the greatest player ever. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, again, he's got more Super Bowl rings than any other franchise in the league. You know, like that's that, crazy. Yeah, you know, so I, I think he is the best of all time. You know, in the NFL. Again, yeah, he's just remarkable. The seven Tour Bowls, um, yeah, the way he just made everybody else around him better, um, you know, just to see what he did with that Tampa team. Obviously, New England, too, and just, again, you know, New England, again, New England stunk before he got there. You know, they were one of the worst franchises, you know. Um, and, again, the, the way he was able to help kind of build that dynasty and now to what they are today, I know, yeah, it, it hasn't been the same without him. Um but yeah, again, I think he's been the best because yeah, there's there's nobody in a bigger spot where I'd want somebody to have the ball in his hands than, than Tom Brady because he's again he's just he finds a way to win games and you know again they were down thirty-one to seven against the Cowboys and he was still yelling at guys on the sidelines with like four minutes left. He's still kind of directing guys like you know he always took every snap like he knew like he felt like it could be his last as as well. Um, but yeah, I I have to put him up there as the best all time. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. And remember that that first year, instead of playing for overtime, they 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 they, they drove down the field and they, and they got that field goal to win the game and beat the Rams. And that pretty much set the tone for his entire career. And you're right, there's no one. I know I, one of the most clutch quarterbacks, 
was on my team of all time was on my team. But I I take Brady any day of the week with the game on the line over Eli Manning because Tom Brady is, is just if he had the ball, even at times this year, he had two game winning drives. He was still at his best when the game was on the line. So just 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 uh yeah, there's no one you would take with the game on the line over Tom Brady. No, don't there would be. He's been remarkable for so long at it. I don't know how many game winning drives he's had, but it, it's obviously it's way up there. And it's just yeah, it's again, you know, it, it's been impressive. His whole whole career has been able to uh do that. Yeah, the Rams won that. That that jump started the whole thing and that uh took, yeah, everything took off from there. Yes. So is he the, now now we'll go to the greatest athlete ever. Is Brady the greatest athlete you've ever seen of all time? I think I think he's in the top three with Jordan and LeBron. And I think, honestly, I think he was better at making his teammates around him better than Jordan was. And I think he, I think he's a little bit more of a, a little bit of a better competitor than LeBron is, but I have to look at the sports and football is a little bit more of a team sport. No, basketball is definitely more of a team sport than basketball. And if you, and, and he arguably did play, arguably played for one of the greatest coaches of all time too. And he played in a top organization for that entire time. So I probably rank him third. I'd go MJ, LeBron, and then I'd probably go Tom Brady. I'd probably rank him third, but he definitely is in that conversation for greatest athlete of all time. I'm going to take him number one. And I can see that. I definitely could see that. And I think one of them is too is what's his records that he again he's broken so many records and by like wide margins where it's going to be pretty hard for anybody else to maybe touch him again. I I know the sport is a lot different. It's a more passing kind of league now than it was back then. But again, like he's got 88 um, patch touchdowns in the playoffs, like second Joe Montana with 45. Like it's like some like the record that he's broken a lot of them. He's got some distance on and we're about to see LeBron pass, you know, Kareem. Like there's some records that, yeah, you know, we've kind of seen pass. And I just, I go back, you know, with the seventh, you know, he's won more titles than any, than any other franchise combined, you know, um, that have in the league. You know, and also just that dynasty that they what that he had in New England. Um, yeah, it helped they, that he had Bill and some of those teams kind of were not great through those 20 years. But the way they just dominated that league or dominated the division, again, they, you know, they got the playoffs and they they owned Pam, you know, he owned Pam Manning a lot in the playoffs. I know he got him a couple times there. Um, but I just think in LeBron and MJ are, are phenomenal. But I just think some of the stuff Brady's done as well. I know it's a lot more of a team sport than, yeah, obviously in, ba- obviously in basketball is. Um, but, yeah, the way he's kind of made things better. Again, he just at once he just didn't have any of the tools either that kind of a lot of, you know, that you've seen Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen have. Um, I just I, – I think, you know, because of all that, the records that he has, um, just all the winning, the competitiveness, I – do slightly put him up there one. I have MJ two and LeBron third. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I could see you having him at there at one. And you talk about it being more of a passing league, but the thing is over the last decade, the NFL has became more and more quarterback dependent and he, and he's been phenomenal and he's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you look at the, you look at the Super Bowls, those two Super Bowls he won against Atlanta and uh, Seattle. I don't think any other quarterback wins those Super Bowls. I don't think that any other quarterback comes back from 10 down against the Legion of Boom and wins that Super Bowl. Brady did that. Nobody, no one would have came back the way the way he came back against the Atlanta Falcons from 28-3 down in the second half to win that game. No one does that. 
So you, I, I disagree that he's the greatest athlete ever. I'm going to go with MJ, but it's very, very close between him, MJ, and LeBron. It's very, 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 very close between those three guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, those yeah, those three have been the greatest three athletes, arguably. They, um, Hector, actually, Michael Phelps. Uh, yeah, I respectfully disagree. Michael Phelps to me has um, has been a better athlete. Tom Brady, 20, 28 gold. Gold medal. He's got, he's got a gold point medal. there. Yeah, gold Phelps. He, de- he, de- he definitely has a point there. But Phelps is not competing in the NFL or the NBA, and he's not competing for championships in those leagues. That's where I disagree. But Hector does have a point there. Yeah, he does. You know, because another one could be too, like a Tiger. It's been, it could be up there. But yeah, you know, yeah. if you want it, you know. Um, but those guys but yeah, aren't yeah. competing. Those aren't guys aren't competing yeah, to win championships in the NBA or the team. NFL the way that Jordan was, the way that LeBron was, and the way that Brady was. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, because, yeah, it's a team sport, and, I, yeah, things are a li- kind of a little bit different. But, yeah, you know, Michael Phelps was obviously a, was one of the best. He's been one of the better athletes um, that we've seen as well, especially in swimming, the way he's dominated. But, yeah, for Brady being number one, um, just, yeah, you know, I just – the way he made just everybody else around him better – the way, you know, again, Jordan kind of did that as well. LeBron's, you know, has done that as well. But, like, just so, some of the rosters that he's had and he's been able to win the whole thing, you know, with some of the wide receivers he's had. Again, you know, you saw the one – you saw the the year when he had Randy Moss and they went undefeated. Like, that that was, you know – imagine he had a Randy Moss for, like, eight, nine years. Oh, my again, God. Like what, yeah. Yeah, like, what, what – his numbers couldn't – you know – what are those numbers like then? Like, and, you know, and that's the thing. Like, he, people try to say Peyton was better in the regular season. That, that's nonsense. Okay. No. Look at this receivers Peyton had. He had Reggie yeah. Wynn and Marvin Harrison for most of his career. Then he went to Denver and had, had, uh, had, had he had, I know Brady had Walker, but he had Demarius Thomas, Wes Walker, and he had Eric Decker. He always had pretty good receivers. Brady was a better quarterback than Peyton in, in the regular season and in the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, he was. You know, I don't. Tom had some pretty good tight ends throughout his career, but yeah, he never really outside of Moss, like he didn't have that like defined. I know, you know, Welker was good, Edelman was good, but like, you know, if he ever got like a Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne, you know, side by side with him, yeah, like again, those those numbers, you know, again, the, the numbers would be even better. So yeah, I just I just think like if you it, it and it, it this has been a discussion with the Patriots last decade of not putting talent around their wide receiver, but like yeah, if you could put a number. You could put a if he had a Randy Moss there for a couple more years, you know, if he had him for a majority of his career, a guy like that, again, the, the it, it, you know, it, again, some of the, those numbers are, you know, even farther and even more untouchable to beat than they are right now. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, just, just, yeah. I mean, and look at what he did in 2006 and 2013. He got the Patriots to AFC Championship games in 2006 with Rasheed Caldwell and Jabbar Gaffney as his two best receivers. And in 2013, he got them to an AFC Championship game. Edelman was good, but he wasn't Edelman that year. Mm-hmm. And he had the like Kimbrell Tompkins on that team. So <laughs> Brady, that Brady took people. He went through a t- game and touchdown pass to Kimbrell Tompkins. So look at yeah. Brady made made below average guys good. There's nobody. There's no quarterback. That could make like you know make below average receivers look good the way Tom Brady could. No, I'm like Luka Rogers. Well, we had Devontae Adams this year. Like, yeah. you, I mean, he was hurt, the... but still, he was hurt. Yeah, but he, beginning he was of, hurt, but the but... beginning of the year he wasn't that good. No, no, yeah. you know he, he wasn't able to kind of pick him up. So yeah, that's that's something you know 
Brady was was able to do throughout his career, and and I think that's what's made him so. And I think that's just the most impressive part is you know, you know, there's just not too many quarterbacks that have been able to do it and to maintain it like he did for so long and for so many years. And then you kind of finally saw him like again last year at T- Tampa in 2020. Again, the numbers he put up at you know, 42, 43 years old that 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 was insane. The numbers he put up at that age, you know, um. What do you have? 45, 46 touchdown passing last year. It, it get like um at that age with all the weapons he had, it was just it it was remarkable. It's just yeah, he's been able to um you know make everybody else around him better. That's been a huge kind of trait for him. And again, I just think it's his worth ethic. And I think he really I think his wide receivers, especially, you know, when he's trying to start to take off and everything started to go well, you know, and he was at the top of his game, and I think a lot of wide receivers kind of knew they put in the work for him because you know they you know I, I think he really took the time to to really you know form relationships with a lot of those wide receivers tight ends the all offense in general and again I, I you know I think that goes with worth that all the practice he's put in with all those guys over the years oh absolutely I mean yeah you said the way he played in his 40s he threw for, he went to down he went down to Tampa and threw for over 40 touchdown passes twice and he was 43 and 44 and he, and he won a Super Bowl MVP at 43 you're ne- you're never going to see that ever again. That's why, to me, as we said earlier, he's the greatest. I mean, don't even argue about being the greatest quarterback of all time. He has that by far. No one's going to touch him. But he's the greatest NFL player of all time. And I think a big reason is because of the way he played in his 40s. For, and, not, and not even for the teams that he was on for 20 years. He brought the greatness somewhere else for, to a team that, was, that didn't make the playoffs for over a decade. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I really couldn't remember the last time Tampa's made the playoffs before he got there. Like it's been a, it was a while. You know, it's a franchise that really was kind of in a rebuild for you know a, a decade. It felt like so. Yeah, to be able to go down there and be able to just go bring a ring immediately to him, um, you know, was was huge. And it, it, it really, I think, I think that helped his legacy even more. And it really showed that. It was more about him than Bill. Bill obviously has a huge part of the dynasty as well, but you could see when he went down to Tampa, like you, you, you can make it out to, you know, t- uh, you know, Tom Brady meant more to the Page dynasty than than Bill Belichick did, and I think Absolutely. that cemented his legacy even more. Absolutely, it, it going to Tampa and winning that Super Bowl put him. It put him in the conversation. It, it put him in the conversation as the greatest NFL player of all time. And then it put him in the great. It put him in that greatest athlete conversation because he proved he meant more than that quote unquote patriot way. And he meant and he, and he proved he meant more than Belichick. He proved he meant more. Yeah, he proved he, that he meant more than those two things. And that's why that that Super Bowl in Tampa was very very important in his career. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, again, yeah, the way he played that season, the way he went down there, you know, just trying to you know. And again, with that, all again, I know the first eight weeks, there's you know that it was off to kind of a slow start but yeah when he got it going when they after that bye they figured it out and he got in a roll Brady um Hector's comment Brady's a very smart football player there's a few Super Bowls they should have lost yes yeah that's the I don't want if they ran the football they probably lose Atlanta LA the Rams they did yeah Carolina but his leadership and knowledge of the game puts him on the Mount Rushmore of the NFL yeah absolutely, absolutely. again absolutely yeah you absolutely. know yeah Yes, like that, that Seattle game, they run the Seattle runs the ball. They 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 win that game. Atlanta, again, yeah, they, again, if you simulate that game a hundred times, there's no way they're coming back. You know, 
any other time than that. Now Atlanta did help them out a bit. Yeah, the Rams won. Um, was an ugly one. They they figured out a win. They kind of got some luck there. And, and yeah, Carolina they got the game winning field goal. Um, but yeah, the, his his leadership and his knowledge again. He's again you know for a guy that was a pure pocket passer. Um, he was great at recognizing the blitz. Like, again, um, he was so good in his head before pre-snap. And again, it's it's something that I don't know if we'll ever see another quarterback be as good as he was pre-snap. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we ever will. I don't think we ever will. But now we're going to go to our top five moments of Brady's career. And uh, you're the you you are the Patriot fan, so I'll let you go first. What are your top five moments from Tom Brady's career? All right, number five. This one may be on a little bit off the wall here, but the snow game back in '09. The 59 nothing game um, against the Titans. Part of it, too, is this the uniform game. You know, they wore their uh, the AFL 80s, the red, and Titans wore, like, the Oilers jerseys. But, again, he threw for six touchdowns in the snow, and he threw for a record five five TDs in the same quarter, you know, and that broke a, a record for most touchdowns a quarter. Again, he did that in, in the snow with a couple inches on the ground. So, to me, that was I, – I that game um, was just an impressive one. The 2007 undefeated regular season. Um, I just, especially now with 17 games, I don't think we're ever going to see another team go undefeated for a regular season. You know, having Randy Moss come in and make the huge difference that he did, the numbers that they were able to put up, um, that team was just an absolute juggernaut. You know, um, it, it that that team was was so much fun to watch. Number three was the 2014 Super Bowl victory against Seattle. Um, the way they found way to hold on to that game, they came back down by 10, you know, and then it was nice to after the flake eight, just to kind of rub it in that Goodell had to kind of hand him the trophy kind of that, that, that was pretty good for, for Patriot fans. Cause you know, that, that, that one was a joke of suspension. Number two is his first Super Bowl, the greatest show on turf being able to come back, beat that Rams team as a rookie, which, you know, people says, you know, the best, best offense of all time that, that, that Rams team, you know, with, with Kurt Warner there. Um, that started though, that kicked off the whole dynasty and, uh, they took off and ran with it. And then number one, the 20, 20 to three comeback. Um, I will admit I did turn that game off. <laughs> well, I, I, I was at a front. All right. So I was with a bunch of friends. So they, they all hated the Patriots. So like they had it on, but like, I was not paying attention to it at all. Um, like I, I kind of walked away. <laughs> I didn't want to see any of it. I did see they, they started to come back and I went back in there, but, um, that again, I, I, that one just um, the way they already come back. They got some help from Atlanta, um, and just uh, again, it, it you know that 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 one that just and it, you'll just never again in the Super Bowl you'll never see a guy come back from um, that type of deficit. Yeah, he's the one guy that could be able to do that. Um, and yeah, that was my top uh, Tom Brady moment. Uh, my top five are number one is the 2007 the the last game against the Giants when he. Broke. I mean, Peyton Manning obviously broke his record, but, but he broke Peyton Manning. He broke Peyton when he had the record when he had 48 touchdowns. He, I was at the game. He broke the record. Moss and Brady broke the record on the same play. I remember Moss dropped the ball first, and then he went back to him, and then they, they, they both broke the record for receiving. Moss broke the record for receiving touchdowns in a season, and Brady broke the record for touchdown passes in a season. So that's my number five. My number four is him winning that Super Bowl with the Buccaneers because, as we said earlier, that put him in a in another in another stratosphere. That put him as one of the greatest athletes of all time. That clearly put him that put him in the conversation for one of the greatest NFL one of the greatest players in NFL history because he proved 
that he didn't need the Patriot way or Belichick to win a championship. So that's why I think that seventh ring was really, really important for his legacy. That's why that, that that's number four for me. Number three, it was that first Super Bowl against the Rams. It was that first Super Bowl against the Rams, winning that Super Bowl, leading him on that game and drive, and then cementing and, and then getting that job for good, getting that starters role for good. Because you remember, Drew Bledsoe played in most of that AFC championship game when Brady got hurt, but he took over that job for good when he won that Super Bowl against the Rams. Number two for me was the game in 2014 against the Seahawks. The comeback, down 10 against the Legion of Boom, winning that game. And then you see all the, with all the flake great rumors, Goodell had to hand him the trophy. So that that, that is definitely that that was no that's number two for me. Brady winning that Super Bowl against the Seattle Seahawks, coming back from 10 down against the Legion of Boom. And number one is everyone's number one with Tom Brady, the comeback, down 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl, leading his team back and winning that game. The greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. That was unbelievable. That is my number one moment for Tom Brady. So we both share the number one moment. And mm. both of our moments are the same. I think uh I think three four of the five are the same. The only one that's different for you is is that that buck that uh that buccaneer the moment. The, the Buccaneers. The I have the Buccaneer moment because Yeah, the Buccaneers one. Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have the Buccaneers one. I had like the snow game. The snow I guess two thousand seven I kinda combined the whole Gotcha. Yeah, because season. I just yeah. think the Buccaneers was very important just for his legacy to because it clearly made him the most responsible uh, for that Patriots dynasty because he proved he didn't need and Belichick hasn't proven this. Belichick and the Patriots haven't proven this. Brady did. He proved they didn't need he he proved that uh that the Patriots needed him and Belichick needed him more than the more than he the more than uh he needed the Patriots. Yeah, they yeah, absolutely did. You now that you know it that that was a tough pill to swallow for a lot of Patriot fans to see him go down there, went down there in Tampa, but um, and uh, yeah, Hector's just, got his, Hector has his uh, his memory. That was week uh, one, wasn't it? That was week seven. Is that week that was week, week seven. seven. I don't know week one. But the problem with and I listen, I respect Hector's opinion there, but the problem with that game was Miami was absolutely terrible that year. They were one and two. Yeah, that like six yeah, those, touchdown those passes those... in the first half. That was a horrific Miami team. Yeah, that was zero one and seven. Again, yep. that 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 game. I don't remember a ton of that game, but 21 for 25 with 354, even against a bad team, um, perfect passer rating. And that was probably, yeah, that was probably one of his best games out there. Um, but yeah, you know, they, again, they absolutely throttled Dolphins that day. Yeah, that was the year yeah, they were 1-15. Um, but yeah, the, the numbers that day were were pretty impressive down there at uh, versus Miami. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. So we thought, before before the Brady stuff happened, they were going to open the show with this. But yes, yesterday we had breaking news on Sean Payton. He is going to be become the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now the now the Saints get the Broncos' first round pick, and they get I think the Broncos' second round pick in, in 2024. I would not give up draft capital for a coach. You look at what happened with your team with with Brady with with Belichick. We lost Brady. It's it, it's it's not the Saints. Even you look at when uh you, you, it's just it's just not the it's just not the same. When when uh when when a great player leaves, I would never give up draft compensation for a coach, but that's what the Broncos did. They go into this year with no draft picks, and uh and I and I, I do, but I do think that Peyton will improve the Broncos. I do think they will be an improved team next year, and I think they got a really good chance to be a playoff team next year. I think I think they could be a. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, but I definitely think that the Broncos are going to be a playoff team because I think their defense was pretty good last year. I think a big reason they were bad is their offense was terrible, but. Their offense definitely played better. They 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 averaged like twenty seven points a game 
when Nathaniel Hackett left. So Russell Wilson started to play better when Nathaniel Hackett left. They're hoping to get Javante Williams back next year. So I do think with Sean Payton, this will be a playoff team next year. Justin, the big question is, do you think they're a playoff team with Sean Payton as their head coach? Maybe in year two. I don't know about you. I think this is the best situation here for Russell Wilson to have Sean Payton come in. Uh, but stylistically, he's a little bit different from Drew Brees. So we'll see how he kind of, you know, figures it out with Russell Wilson. You know, again, he yeah, he kind of played better there the last couple weeks of the year. Um, so maybe he could kind of figure out some of those offensive issues that they had. Um, but maybe near two, I'm not sure. I got to see Russell first, kind of like how is he kind of use Russell? You know, is he able to kind of just fix him a little bit? You know, um, again, you know, the first year out, PK on you, and again, nobody in August thought Geno Smith was going to have a better year than Russell Wilson. You know, um, I just, I have to kind of see it because I, I, you know, I got to see Russell Wilson be better, but I think Sean Payton's the best kind of option that they got, you know, um, to try to fix Russell Wilson here, you know, cause again, they, they got to, you know, they got to, uh, another five years of Russell Wilson and they're paying them a half a billion dollars. So, you know, you, you got the right coach to try to fix them and see, you can get anything left you know, out of Russell Wilson. We'll see. I think potentially they can be, um, but I think more likely year two form just because that division's so tough. We'll see what the Raiders can do, you know, this off season, who they go after for a quarterback, but um, they have see, there's still so many, you know, good teams. I could see, maybe see him sliding in at seven, but I could see him just missing out of the playoffs. Now, are the Broncos, this should be an easy one, are they a Super Bowl contender with Sean Payton? And no way. There's no way there. With, with no draft capital. And Russell Wilson, let's be honest, his best days might be behind, be behind him. So I would say there's no way they're a Super Bowl contender with Payton next year. No, absolutely not. I, I, I don't see it. Um, maybe in a couple years on the line, but maybe. But, yeah, right now, right now no, not, not without any draft picks next year. I think they're, like, in a tight spot, too, for um, – salary cap wise so i don't know how much money they got you know but again a ton of it's going to wilson already so um we'll see maybe a couple years they get some young wide receivers maybe paint kind of get something out of those guys that but we'll see not not nine year one no uh, no 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 but this is a step in the right direction for the broncos an organization that since peyton manning has left has not made the playoffs and has had uh six straight losing seasons so this is definitely a step in the right direction for this franchise yeah, it absolutely is. Again, because I, I know we talked about this, you know, you know, earlier in the year, but right now the only team I think right now in the NFL that was it's it's like in worse shape right now organizationally wise was like it's like the Texans, you know, because they don't have any picks. You know, you, you got Russell Wilson here on the books for four or five years. So yeah, it's a step in the right direction. We'll see if Peyton Sean Payton can kind of get them out of it here, get them back, because it's a great fan base. It's you know, um, they love their football, they got some history, so you know, Denver's, you know, a team that should be up there in the top half of the AFC every year in the top half division. So, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see if Peyton can get it going down there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Now, speaking of the Texans, they hired D'Amico Ryans yesterday, very much at the same time as the Broncos hired Sean Payton. And I think this is a good hire. Former player, played for them for six years, played linebacker for the Texans for six years. I think this is a good hire. Did a great job in San Francisco. Obviously, you know, hiring coordinators, you never know. It's always a guessing game. But I think this is a better hire than their previous two hires. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they go young. They go a guy that they need to fix their defense. You know, it, I think you got a guy that from San Francisco um, that had one of the top defensives in the league. 
you know, I, I do think this is a good step right now for the Texans. You know, we'll see because he got the six-year deal. So hopefully the Texans give him that time here to kind of try to start something here. Because, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a three-, four-year rebuild here, I think, for the Texans, maybe longer. They got a ton of draft picks coming up, so we'll see what he can do with them. But, yeah, it's something that this is not going to – it's, uh, it's going to take a little bit, you know, more than just kind of an overnight project here to kind of fix the Texans. So it is definitely a good step in the right direction for Houston. Yes, absolutely. So now going from D'Amico Ryan's old team to his new team, the, no, from, his, from his new team to his old team, the San Francisco 49ers, they got crushed in the NFC Championship game on Sunday, 31-7 to the Eagles. And my biggest takeaway from this game is Kyle Shanahan, This was a he, he did not coach a good game. He did not coach a good game at all. And it started right off the bat. The Devontae Smith catch was not a catch. You saw him trying to get guys up the line of scrimmage. The minute you see that as a head coach, you gotta be you gotta be talking to your guys upstairs, stairs, and you gotta challenge that. You gotta challenge that because that was a fourth down play right there. You get the ball close to midfield, and then 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 what happens is the Eagles score a touchdown. So that's the difference of the Eagles scoring a touchdown, you get in the ball at midfield. If you're a if you're a head coach, you have got to challenge that play. That 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 was the first thing he did. Second thing was why was he having a, t- a backup tight end block, Hassan Reddick? You're asking. You want to say, oh, the Niners have bad luck. The Niners have bad luck. When you have that happening, you're asking for something bad to happen. And it did. And Brock Purdy, who hasn't lost a game as a starter, got hurt. And now, now we, we know he's going to be out for a while, too, because of it. And then third, a minute 36 to go. You have you have a you're, you're on like you're on. But you have Josh Johnson, your quarterback, and you're getting the ball back. I know a 90. 99% of the time, I want coaches to be aggressive in that spot. That is the one time, knowing the situation, you're getting the ball back uh, to start start to start the half. Uh, you're, you're getting the ball back. Just, just run the ball three times. The Eagles had two timeouts left. They call their two timeouts. And then even if you're giving the ball back to Jalen Hurts, you're getting the ball back with at most 40 seconds left in your territory. And your defense played really well in the first half. So, I I, 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 I didn't get those three things Shanahan did. Shanahan did not coach a good game. That's that's my biggest takeaway with the 49ers. And with the Eagles, it's been what they've been doing all year with the pass rush. Their pass rush, they knocked out two quarterbacks, and it was and it was their running game. And their running game has been the identity of this Eagles offense ever since they started 2-5 and five last year. And it's led them – and it's been probably one of the biggest reasons why they've gotten to the Super Bowl. It's helped Jalen Hurts. And 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 it's really helped that offense. That running game for the Eagles was good again. They ran for over 140. They ran for almost 150 yards against the 40, against the top run defense in football. That running game was really good. So my two, the takeaway for the Niners is was the quarterback was uh no no the take my takeaways for the Niners was Shanahan was not good, and my takeaway for the Eagles was the pass rush and the running game. What are your takeaways from the NFC title game? Yeah, you know for the Niners, yeah, Shanahan was not good. Um, you mentioned that pretty much what I was going to say with that. So, you know, I, again, they didn't really, again, and then they just, they didn't have a chance a minute. Pro- when Purdy got hurt, it, you knew the game was over. They had zero chance to win that football game. Um, And yeah, you know, they put Josh Johnson and, you know, in the bad spot there late in the first half Two that didn't help things either. You know, you, you, you can't really expect a, a four string quarterback there to try to get something there on first, uh, um, on third down, it just was not going to happen. And then, so it, it was, you know, the Sh- Shanahan was a big part, you know, of, of, and then just losing Brock Purdy. And yeah, for Philly, 
you know, it's it just the way they are on the line of scrimmage. They're they're the most dominant team up front on the offensive and de- defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, up front, they've been like that most to all pretty much all all year long. They've been like that. You know, they weren't efficient. They weren't great through the air. I felt like, but yes, you know, San Francisco is a really good defense. But yeah, the ground game again when when Purdy went down too, they just they were just able to run the football, just kind of you know just play keep away from them. You know, they just really they they didn't have you know. As long as they didn't just, you know, they for San Francisco in that game, they literally would have had to hand San Francisco every point that you know they needed. Um, but yeah, you know, Hertz, you know, played played well. You know, they ran the football pretty, you know, they ran the football like they they have all year. Um, so yeah, they're running game, you know, for the Eagles. And then just up front off it on both sides of the ball, just again, they've been the most dominant team on that's you know, up front all all year long. And they they um did the same thing on Sunday. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So now we'll go to the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs beating the Bengals 23-20. to And uh, my biggest takeaway, I'll, I'll start with the team that lost to the Bengals, and it's an obvious one, their offensive line. Their offensive line was absolutely terrible in the game. They gave up five sacks. That was the reason why they went. Uh, they went. They, they didn't score in their first two possessions, and it also was the reason why they could not drive down the field for a game-winning field goal because Burrow got because Burrow got sacked by Chris Jones. And it also was the reason why there was an intentional grounding call because Burrow was under pressure. The Bengals. I know it was banged up, but even when they were healthy this year, that offensive line wasn't great. Anyways, Mike Brown has got to fix this offensive line, or he's going to continue to lose in the conference championship game or in the Super Bowl. You can you cannot win a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line. You can get to a Super Bowl, you can get to a conference championship game. You cannot win Super Bowls with a bad offensive line, and Mike Brown has got to fix that, or Joe Burrow is going to be the quarterback who can't win the big game. And uh, my takeaway for the Chiefs are two are, are two things. First and foremost, Patrick Mahomes was outstanding on one ankle. 20, 29 for 43 for 326 on one ankle. I did not expect him to have that kind of performance. And the, and the Bengals did a good job stopping Pacheco. We, I, we, before the game, we said two guys had to be really good were Pacheco and Jones. Obviously, we know Jones was outstanding. Pacheco yeah. wasn't. But what made up for Pacheco not being good was the play of Patrick Mahomes. And the play of Patrick Mahomes was outstanding in this game. It, it, on what to, to, to do what he did on one ankle to get those Chiefs to the Super Bowl, that was an outstanding. And he lost, uh, he lost Juju Smith to Schuster during the game, too. And he lost Kadavius Tony. So two of his top three receivers. Outstanding performance by Patrick Mahomes. And then second, Chris Jones was a monster. He was a monster in the run game. They contained Mixon all day long. And then in the pass game, he was phenomenal. He was all over Joe Burrow all night long, and he had the sacks that meant the most at the end of the game. He had the huge sack to force the Bengals to punt and set up the Chiefs on that game-winning drive. So Chris Jones and Patrick Mose were outstanding. Those are my two takeaways from the Chiefs and Burrow and the offensive line being terrible for the Bengals. What were your biggest takeaways from the AFC Championship game? Mine, yeah, was um, one was obviously the offensive line. They just, yeah, it, again, they showed all day. Again, I think that like it, it, I think it makes the Bills even look worse too. That they just they could not they they could not um take advantage of that, how bad the Bengals offensive line was. Yeah, Chris Jones was a game wrecker. Um, he got it. He did anything he wanted to get in that backfield, and he he gave um you know Burrow did not have much time at all, and um it it, it definitely affected their offense. And you know it, it's definitely a big issue. It has been the last couple of years. Again. It's hard to ask Joe Burrow if this thing doesn't get better to stay on the field for 17 games a year if that offensive line cannot improve. He's he's you know again he's not going to stay healthy for a long time 
Um, they continue to struggle up front. The my other one too was just I I didn't think Zach Taylor was was great on Sunday either. Again, that final drive, they they Mixon gets a seven yard run to start the final drive there, and then why are you taking two shots on the field? Like I know, I know. You know, all you could do just throw those screen. You have Joe Joe Mixon, yeah, he hasn't had a great year, but he had a really good game against Buffalo. And it, I don't think you're so right about Zach Taylor. He did not use Mixon enough in that game. He did it. And he didn't use Mixon yeah. when he should have used him in the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, the big question is this this is is Zach Taylor good enough? I I know he's done a good job the last two years, but is he good enough to win a Super Bowl win? I don't think I'm, I'm not seeing. I they were I, very very close. I the, the jury is out on that question. The jury is out. I'm not totally convinced. He's definitely not a great coach. No. You have to call him a good coach for the last two years. But he, I'm telling you, he's made some decisions, especially last year with not having Mixon in the game mm-hmm. at the end, and then and then this year not using Mixon enough on the last drive. He's definitely made some questionable decisions late in these games. Yeah, he absolutely has, and it's 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 cost him, and you know. And I just, I didn't understand it. Yeah, Mixon, again, you could have used him a little bit more. You could have tried to use him in the screen game because you couldn't really get much going. Um, Another one, too, was I thought they were going to get Chase more. But he had, like, the one catch for, I think it was a long, like, 35. But he's been a guy that's kind of torched the Chiefs the last couple years. I thought, you know, they'd maybe get him more involved in the game plan. Um, You know, I mean, he still had seven catch or 75 yards, but one of them was for 35 yards. Um. But like I, I just saw, yeah, I just didn't think Taylor had a another really good game out there on Sunday. Um, he wasn't great. And then for the Chiefs, yeah, it was, it was Mahomes gutted it out on on one ankle. Um, you know, he did everything we could. He could, you know, again, you know, he was as mobile as he could be. He, you know, obviously the scramble at the end there, um, that kind of got well. That that was obviously a penalty. You know, to kind of set up that field goal there at the end of the game by Bucker. But, you know, he, he played really well. Yeah, and, and, you know, you mentioned a couple of their guys went down. And, and Travis Kelsey was banged up, too, in that game. You know, yep. Kelsey was able to kind of gut it out. He made a couple of big catches in that one. The only thing is the Chiefs, you know, the Bengals came out flat. The Chiefs really had, you know, they got a couple of field goals there. But they could have really punched those two in the end zone there. Could have made it. Could have really they, made it. They got to do that. They got to do that in two weeks. Yeah. They can't have they can't have that in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, but everything else, I thought the Chiefs, you know, they played well. And, again, I, I obviously had the Chiefs – or I thought the Bengals were going to beat them. But, you know, Mahomes is that healthy. You know, you know I didn't think Mahomes was going to be that healthy on Sunday. He looked pretty good. And, obviously, now he's got two weeks to get get even more healthy. Um, you know, Mahomes played well that in that defensive line, which is an absolute – um, just an absolute beast there on Sunday. Obviously, you mentioned what Chris Jones was able to do. He, he just game-wrecked that. He, he, he was an absolute game-wrecker. He absolutely was. He absolutely was. So, on Saturday night, we got one of the biggest rivalries in college basketball. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. 
visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger... There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so Saturday night we have the big rivalry between Duke and North Carolina and... Neither of these teams are ranked coming into this game. Uh, and uh, North Carolina, this obviously is a rematch of the Final Four last year between these two teams. Uh, it was Coach K's final game. Coach K's, this is this is, but this is the first time that UNC's back in Cameron after Coach K's final home game. UNC beat them in the Coach K's final home game and in Coach K's final game. Duke definitely looking to get revenge on Saturday night. And I think for the game, per se, I think Duke wins this game. I think they, they're pumped up. They want revenge from what, from what happened last year with North Carolina. But, but the big question is for Justin, there are two questions. Who wins Saturday night? And uh, which one of these teams will make a run in the ACC tournament and even the NCAA tournament? Which team has, has a better chance to make more of a run? Um, Saturday night, both teams are starting to kind of figure it out. Jimmy Roach is back for Duke, and he's been huge at the point guard spot. You know, they, they really needed him because – Duke's got one lottery pick, and that's uh, Phil Kowski. You know, Derek Lively, the number one overall recruit, he's not lived up the billing. He's really struggled. And Boyhead's battled a foot injury. It'll be interesting. You know, somebody could take him in the lottery, but it's the second foot injury already. So I kind of worry about the durability a little bit right now. Um, but for Saturday night, Revenge, I do think Duke finds a way to pull it out. I, I think Shires, you know, figured it out. I thought he played a called a pretty good game late last night because he's not not been great in late game situations. Davis isn't either, but um, I think Duke finds a way to pull it out. And I think to make a bigger run in the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, I'd probably go Duke because of the point guard play of Roach. Roach really played well at the end of last year. He's really carried that into this year. You know me too, Steve. I don't like Caleb Love. I'm not a – RJ Davis a little bit better than Caleb Love, but I don't really trust those two. They just fought, they just got hot at the right time. Like that, that's all it was. It's it, they got no depth. It's big hot's a beast, but again, it's it's tough to go on a run where your best player is a center. It, Caleb Love last year is a 38% three-point shooter. This year he's a 27. His freshman year is a 26% three-point shooter. He's regressed like he, you know, last, last year he kind of had a really nice year from three. He's regressed back to what what he is. So I'd probably say Duke because of that. Now, if they can figure out Derek Lively, like that's the thing. Like if they can get him going, because he's the number one um, recruit this offseason. You know, it, so it, it's been strange that he just he's not shooting the ball well um, from pretty much anywhere. So, and Whitehead's not a season injury injury, but you know, I'm not sure when he's going to come back right now. 
but I'll I'll, I'll take Duke. I, I think it's a second weekend team. I don't really think there's – I think maybe the only national title contender the ACC is Virginia, but I don't I don't know if they could win it either because they don't have an NBA guy on that roster. They just have a lot of good college guys. Um, but my other – you know, other thing is I'll be interested to see how big this rivalry is in the next five to ten years because, you know me, I don't – these these I don't think Herbert or Shire are – I don't think they'll be here for more than 15 years. I I, yeah, well, I, I why, why aren't you be. as big of a fan of Herbert and Shire? Why is it you don't really like Herbert Davis? Even though he got to a national title game last no. year, you don't like Herbert Davis and John Shire. You're not you're not high on so far. No, Davis Davis. I just think this could turn out to an Ollie thing. Like yeah, you know he got on that run. Let's give him the extension. Okay, North Carolina Duke. They're always going to have top talent, but they're always going to recruit. You know they're always going to get the top guys. But I don't know. But like. I don't see them. I don't see both. Like, I don't think Davis is a great in-game coach. I did. I think they just got hot last year. Shire, the same thing. They started to play better defensively at the beginning of the year. It's starting to kind of regress there for Duke. Um, you know, Shire and Duke's not getting the same calls like they usually do under K. You know, like that. That's another thing that's oh kind of oh oh oh, oh, oh oh. You're, you're not, know, finally going going after Coach K again. Uh, yes, they. K, 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 K could work those refs big time. Shire ain't doing that. Again, did you see that one against Virginia Tech uh, last Monday, how they lost that game? Yeah, I, I saw it, yeah. yeah. That 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 would have been a flagrant two if Coach K was on the sidelines. Let's yeah, be we'll honest We'll see about here. that. Uh, uh, Any flagrant one. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you, you know, that. Would have been a flagrant one at least if, if K is <laughs> on that sideline. You know, so. Um, but, yeah, I just – these two will both recruit well. And then again, it's the other point. What legend at the college level has worked as a coach? It doesn't. It just doesn't. Shire no one asked championship at Duke. I know Davis was at North Carolina too. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. It just it just won't. It's gonna end badly like it had. Dewan Howard, Michigan, yeah, that looked good for a year. That one, there's there's noise now of um, you know, changes need to be coming there. So Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, looking at that, that was- situation. That's a disaster. I don't know how he still has a job. They don't want to. I think it's. I think it's mostly because they don't want to fire a legend and they don't want to break that relationship. Yeah, but you're right. They never work. It doesn't. That's why I just. I didn't like. I know Duke and Shashevsky love staying in house, but I would have gone with Tom Amaker for that job at least for a couple years. Now Amaker wanted the job, and this is where. I can't stand K even more because <laughs> remember the Wake Forest game last year when he left the game at halftime because he was yeah. quote unquote sick. It was <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. That, the day that the day of the Wake Forest game, the story came out about Tommy Amaker wanting the job and Coach K, you know, reportedly kind of like screamed and yelled at him like, no, it's Shire. Because K wanted to control Shire, knew he couldn't the Amaker. <laughs> so K was mad at the media that we all portraying him as a bad guy. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. He so, didn't want to talk to the press that night. Yes, so that's why I can't stand K. That that's another reason why I cannot stand his guts. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyways, I just it just doesn't work. The legend thing's trying to be the alum, and again, they're both taking over for Roy and and K. Like they're just especially for Shire, the expectation level it is just so high that I don't think he's gonna be able to just you know. And I think recruiting two now, and I think with NIL and all that too. It's different where all these guys are making millions. They're going to be here for a season. Why do I really, really care? Like, I, I do think that's another part of why I could see these two kind of 
maybe not so much North Carolina, but more Duke because they usually have more one and dones. Um, I, I, I could see it where guys are. I, I just again, I think that's maybe part of Kentucky's problem too. Is they just you know, again, I think Sheboy was saying at the beginning of the year they don't no nobody listens to what Coach Coach um, Cal's kind of telling us to run. Like it just, I, I some of the guys I just think get will tune out. They're getting their millions three or three a year. They want to, and you know, obviously get their draft stock as high as possible. Like I, I just think it, it's, you know, I, I think that could be part of it. I just, I don't, I don't see these two Shire Davis being here for the long term. And I just, I don't know if this rivalry again. They're not in the top twenty-five right now. Yeah, they'll have some top twenty-five battles in the future. I don't know if they'll ever be a top five battle with these two in a while. I don't. I just, I don't. I'm not really high on these two right now. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with these two coaches. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For Justin Afrio, I'm Steve Risser. We will be back next week with our Super Bowl preview, and we'll also be previewing the NBA trade trade deadline. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach in college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Hello. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.